Podcast, a production of GopherPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. laughing at me i was laughing oh, i was rocking out man. you were rocking out you see i wanted to let the birthday boy just rock out a little bit that's right rocking out here <laughs> i thought you might have mixed in a laugh into the music i was like wow getting fancy no 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 here we are back for uh number three episode of this season i'm not really keeping track but i am keeping track and as you can hear the birthday boy hammy is with us yeah hello as well as vigo Evening. Boys, a sweep over Bemidji, a tail of, I would say, two completely different games, but it seems like uh, Lucia may have been happier with the second game than he was the first game, Viggs. What do you think? Yeah, I think he was probably happier because of the way they finished the game as opposed to the Friday night game. The Friday night game, they kind of go out there, they play really well for a while, and then they just kind of let Bemidji get back into it a little bit. And I think on Saturday, you know, the the focus was there in the first period, but once they got in the second, um, it looked like they just kind of lost their heads or legs or something because they, they stopped playing hard, and uh, luckily they recovered, and uh, they've got the special teams going right away, so that's good to see. Hammy, they did seem a bit disinterested for the second half of that game Monday. Or not Monday, I should say Friday. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to complain when you are – you know, I mean, they did have a good second period. You know, you get three goals, yeah. you're up four to one. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you could. I'm not real nitpicky on things. I, I understand the coaches are going to be a little bit more, you know, tight on the guys as far as you know what they're doing out there, and they're going to rip on them if they're not in the right place at the right time. And for us, it's more like, okay, what's the score? And you know how they, you know, as long as things you're comfortably ahead, you know, for fans it's a little different. But I, I understand where you know the coaches are going to be a little nitpicky about that stuff. Well, they got to look for something to talk about. They got to keep their team interested because you know, on paper, you know, they're the number one team. Everyone's got to, everyone's coming after them. So obviously, the coaches have to say that kind of thing to keep them motivated. Well, I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think that this kind of this program with the players, they've been around, especially the upper class yeah. and they've been around enough where they don't get too hyped up on all the rankings and all that kind of stuff. I just don't think that. That's a fan thing. I think that uh, I, I always kind of laugh at when you read people on GPL or wherever where they're like, you know, worried that we're ranked too high too uh-huh. soon and all this other stuff. And I'm like, if you think the players really give a rat's ass about, you know, that stuff, you're kidding yourself. They don't they don't really pay that much attention to that. It's just who's the next team on the schedule and we want to win two games. So If anything, I would say the other teams probably care a little bit more because they, they see that number one ranking, oh, Minnesota's this great. Well, let's give them all we got. Right, exactly. Well, boys, it was a successful weekend, which is good. Anything else out there in college hockey interest you from this past weekend? Well, anyway, St. Cloud, they did go out to uh, – Union and split, you know, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde weekend for them. Otherwise, it was pretty quiet in college hockey, wasn't it? Well, I did like to see Penn State uh, put a beat down on Holy Cross. Oh, oh boy. 
I mean, did you, you buy know, a Penn State gotta, jersey? Yeah, did you buy a jersey? I wanted to. After seeing that seven-one <laughs> score, I was like, man, maybe I need to have a new second favorite team. You know, they could replace Duluth as you know the kid brother in the conference. Yeah, maybe oh, Duluth split with Denver. Didn't have too bad of a weekend. But uh, other than that, it was pretty quiet in college hockey this past weekend. You know, things are starting well, to ramp up a little bit. What did you think of the series? I mean, I mean, I thought that you know, as far as the Gophers go, I you know, the only thing I really saw this past weekend that sometimes bothers me about the team is that they they get a little too cute with the puck and the passing. You know, I think that yes. so, they get so they're so talented skill wise that and you know now they're all experienced. They have a lot of especially up front. I mean, I, I just think that. Uh, they get a little bit too cute with the puck. And, I mean, we saw some fantastic passing plays, don't get me wrong, and we all love to see that stuff. But, uh, you know, you can't count on those things all the time. And, and I'd rather see a little bit more of just making the uh, the crisp, easy play, you know, a little more often, especially when we're in our own defensive zone and, you know, trying to do the breakout as opposed. I thought we were a little sloppy at times defensively as far as, getting the puck out of the zone. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, it's good for the coaches to see that because it gives them something to focus on. But I'd like to see a little more uh, clean, crisp play. You know, actually, I completely agree with you on that. That's that's one thing I did notice. It seems like there were times where they did get a little too cute, made that extra pass instead of taking the shot. But it's early in the season, so hopefully Lucia can kind of instill that with them. You know, like, hey, take the shot. Let's go. Yeah, I think one of the issues getting on the zone, um, Hammy was kind of talking about this, is you know that when the gap between the forwards and, and the breakout gets bigger, it's harder to make that first pass. And then especially when the forwards start you know, creeping down ice, you know, then they have to lose their speed to gain the, the offensive zone. And I think we saw that a lot against Bemidji when, when they lost their focus. You know, it's it's a lot easier to, you know, get up further up ice and rely on other players to get you the puck. But you do have to start out deeper in the zone and come up with some speed. And I think kind of as they lost their edge a little bit, you know, that gap got too big. Well, unlike the Wild, though, I I have been pretty happy with the power play so far. It seems like, you know, they kind of picked up where they were last year at the end of the season, and and it's going well so far. Well, I mean, you'd kind of expect that. I mean, given the fact that at least you know they replace, they don't have to replace too many guys. Uh, you know, at least on the power play, they they have so many guys coming back. I mean, you would expect that to you know hopefully start off pretty uh, strongly. And you know, as far as the uh, the penalty kill, I mean, Condon was always a really good penalty killer and everything. But I thought you know overall that that uh, we should start off pretty strong. You know, I still think it's, you know, with the new season, though, it still takes a while to get that stuff clicking. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty happy with the results so far. It seems like Boyd has really picked it up, especially on the power play. Absolutely. You know, to me, he's kind of playing. I mean, he's, of course, not going to have the same kind of shot that Bukestad had, but he's sort of playing that same role at that right-handed shot, you know, on that uh, on the, the other side of the rink on the weak side and uh it's kind of nice to sometimes see him, uh, you know, get that shot off. And he's got a good shot. He just hasn't really had the opportunity throughout most of his college career to really kind of take advantage of it. And Boyd, his whole career, he's been a great possession player. Um, he's good in the draws if Rao ever gets kicked out. And I, th- I think he adds a lot there because he makes the smart play with the puck. You know, his scoring hasn't been there because of his shot, but he's, he's always generating those opportunities. Well, he was my uh my choice last season to have a, a, 
a jump up in his play, and I think he did, and I think he's kind of continuing where he left off from last season. So I've been I've been very happy with Boyd so far. Any other players that jump out to you so far there, Hammy? I know we had a question. I know it's from a from a uh, from the, who was it? It was a Joshua Kreitzer on, on Twitter. How have you felt about Leon Bristed so far? Well, I mean, obviously we only have a two-game yeah. sample. Of, I mean, I thought he played really well. I mean, he was, you know, granted he didn't uh, get on the score sheet other than, you know, an assist, but, um, you know, he was definitely out there creating plays. Um, he was very active, I thought. Um, I believe that he should stay in that first-line role. I think he's a very good complement to what they have there. Um, like I mentioned before, I, you know, and I think we saw some of this this past weekend, he is not afraid to mix it up. You know, he's not, of course, going to be a big bruiser, but he's certainly going to get his nose in there and, and be kind of a pest. And uh, I really like what I saw, so I'm very optimistic about his season. I'm with you. I think he's he shows that he's going to have a lot of creativity on the offensive end. Well, when you're playing with Rao and you got yep. a bigger guy out there with Fashing, I mean, you know, it's only going to be playing to some of the his advantages as a player. So I think that... Uh, those guys, I, you know, I think they're going to be a really strong line throughout the year. I mean, obviously you're going to have that with Rao because he started off, what, eight points in four games. Can't do much better than that. So um, I think that, the, that that first line is really going to be a tough one to stop for opponents. Any thoughts on that, Viggs? Yeah, I was really impressed with his creativity on the puck. I think when you play with guys like Rao and Fashing, there's going to be plenty of uh, space for you to, to show off that creativity. Um, I, I was a little surprised to see the same top nine both nights against Bemidji. I thought Lucia might be you know, playing around with stuff um, more this weekend. Um, all week he'd kind of said, you know, I don't know what the lines are going to be. You know, it might change. And then Friday and Saturday he goes with the same top nines. I think uh, Michelson for uh, Riley was the only change on the fourth line. Um, but, you know, they, they did look good together. One thing Lu- Lucia did mention, though, is that he may go to six four or six defensemen and kind of stick with them for a little while. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. With you, for me, after watching these first couple series, I, I, you know, I'm a little bit. I mean, I know they're going to continue to give the freshmen, you know, ice time or whatever because you kind of have to just to make sure that they're ready if somebody goes down as the season goes on. But. Um, you know, the veteran, the five vets that we have coming back, to me, they should be on the ice pretty much most nights. And to this point, you know, frankly, for me, I've been more confident in what I've seen um, from Steven Johnson as a defenseman overall than the other two freshmen. Granted, he's a little older, more experienced, and I just feel a little more confidence. I mean, I, he is not going to have maybe necessarily the upside of the other two in the long run, but... Uh, in the short term, I, I just kind of feel a certain amount of confidence with him out there as opposed to some of the others. I would agree. It seems like he's got a little less panic to him back on the D, and he's, I would say, he's a little more of a stay-at-home defenseman. Too. He's not going to give you that offensive flair that some of the other freshmen may give you. But you're right. I think that maturity is helping him in an area where, you know, typically young defensemen struggle with when they first well, come I- in to play NCAA hockey. So. Right, and if you, I mean, let's be honest. You look at this team; they're not really hurting for offensive players. So, if anything, mm-hmm. it it would be better to have a guy that's just you know going to focus on the defensive end and making sure that that's taken care of and steady, as opposed to 
putting a freshman in a situation where you feel like you, you're putting where he has to produce points as well as play defense. So uh, that's kind of the way I feel about it. I think that, you know, Glover and, uh, and uh, Collins, I certainly think that they're going to be good players in the long run. I, I just feel like, you know, for me, when I look at Collins out there, it's almost like a, uh, a fawn, you know, with those long legs, like he's kind of <laughs> like going to tumble over. You know what I mean? And sometimes I feel like he's just going to tumble over so damn tall. So They must have to get a custom stick for him because his stick is really long. <laughs> yeah, it certainly helps with the poke, poke check. That's it, sure. it, you know, it actually does, but it just – it was a it's a it's a long stick. All right, boys. Um, a couple things I kind of heard this weekend uh, about Mariucci. You know, we had been talking the last couple of years that they you know may want to downsize Mariucci a little bit. You know, they're trying to raise some funds to get some refurbishing done, and it sounds like some of that may get done and some of it may not. Um, it's right now it sounds like they may only be able to get the locker room area done if that um can't really talk too much about my sources but it from what i'm gathering there is somebody down at the u not in the hockey program it's somewhere higher up that must not like hockey or want to do anything for hockey one example of this is i I heard someone say, you know, he, he this person's been, you know, working down there for many years that in his tenure, 10, you know, 15, 20 years, Williams Arena's had their, you know, the basketball's had their locker rooms redone three times. And Mariucci has never had it done. And it seems like he, he the, the feeling I was getting is that someone up there, you know, they want to do just simple things. Like Vigo, you've been downstairs. They have that temporary curtain that goes in between the 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 home locker room and the the opponent locker room something as simple as just getting some nice doors in there they won't even they won't even do that so it sounds like somebody at the u is trying to stop or just divert some of these funds from hockey or something i'm not really sure but something is not right down there in the administration is this kind of like your rumoring of the TV schedule for the beginning of the season? No, not quite. Is this going to be like as accurate as that? Just kidding. Wow. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, it was accurate. No, it wasn't. Anyways, yeah. I, I, okay, here's the thing. I mean, let's be honest. Football and basketball are the financial drivers at any kind of big D1 school. That's just the reality of it. They're trying to do a lot for you know, some of these facility upgrades and whatever else. And, you know, my guess is is that they probably feel like anything that competes with that agenda right now is, you know, kind of defeating what they're trying to get accomplished in the big picture. I don't know. This will be my speculation. I I mean, if this is accurate and whatever, I'm just speculating on it. But um, that would probably be a little bit. I mean, Teague is not coming from a hockey background, so – you know, if he's the reason why, I mean, whatever. I, but my feeling is, is that they need to just do what they can do. I, I don't really care about the downsizing of the rink immediately. I mean, that that can be done over time. It's not like that's an immediate need. We've been successful with the bigger rink. So that stuff I'm not really concerned about. I do think that, you know, the player areas, the, you know, th- those kinds of things, locker room, all that kind of stuff, that is important because those are the things that recruits see. They want to see where they're going to be hanging out and spending most of their time. And, uh, 
if you, you know, don't, granted, the growers in general are going to have greater advantages than a lot of other schools anyway, even if they didn't upgrade. But nonetheless, you want to be able to provide that kind of stuff to, to recruits. And so I can see where they could emphasize that maybe a little bit more. Well, one of the issues they do have is, you know, if you could, you see what the, the Ralph did this year, they spent a bunch of money and they did some beautiful upgrades up there for the players, the locker room and all those areas. You talking a laser tag? Stuff? Well, that too. <laughs> but one thing is, is that the cost of doing that something similar to that down here is way more. Mostly just because of labor. Building stuff down in the cities compared to Grand Forks is a much larger expre- uh, expense all due to labor. So that's one of the problems they're going to have. It's just, it, you know... It costs them a lot more to do the little things or even the bigger things than it does, say, Grand Forks. Well, the other thing is my experience working around the university and, and hearing how fundraising happens is that, you know, it's very controlled. Uh, the people with the big pocketbooks um, that the university likes to tap, um, they like to be able to tap for their priorities. And it's, you know, been known with Lou Nanny, you know, spearheading the athletic um, facilities upgrade, you know, the 180, $190 million that they're looking to spend there, they already have that figured out, but they need to get the money. So I, I think this is a lot of internal politicking at the university about who you can talk to for fundraising. And, and I know that's going to slow things down there. Well, I just hope they don't get left behind. Well, I don't think that they're going to get left behind anytime soon, given that we – you know, I mean, I, I just, I just think that it's one of those things where, I mean, what was the big expenditure going to be? Was it going to be shrinking the ice surface and, you know, kind of adding another row of seats, all that stuff? I mean, if that was the big expenditure that they're holding back on, to me, that's not a big deal. Yeah, you know, I think it's more or less they want to do the the player areas first, and it's it's looking more and more like. The, the rink size will not be changed at, at, at least right now. I mean, they're just, they just, they just not going to have the kind of money or the funding coming towards them to do that. See, and to me, like I said, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, you can always do that at some point down the road, but you know, the let's face it, recruiting is the lifeblood of the program. And you want to make sure that when you bring recruits in to yep. see where they're going to be spending their time and all that stuff, you want to have something that's really nice to offer them. And, uh, you know, granted, it's not like they've been, I mean, they've been hitting a home runs lately in the recruiting trail. So it's not like they're, you mm-hmm. know, what they have is exactly hurting them, but, uh, you still want to be able to offer a, a nice, um, situation for kids to spend their time in. And that situation may get better with, you know, the rules of the Big Ten possibly changing with the NCAA within the next couple of years as well. Yeah, I mean, you might have, you know, the the full cost of attendance and I don't know what stipends and all that kind of stuff, but certainly... Uh, More scholarship money. Right. I mean, I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. So uh, you, we'll see how that plays out. I do think that's going to be an advantage for the bigger money schools, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, you had mentioned my mess-ups with uh, TV earlier this year. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but, but wait, what's happening on Friday? Well, we know what's happening on Friday is actually the Husky Productions is actually purchasing time on FSN to do the broadcast this weekend. Um, 
one thing that people may not know is that FSN no longer has a contract with the university. You know, the university starts with the Big Ten, and they try to get those games. Then they try to fish the next set of games out to ESPN. And then FSN gets what's left over. And, you know, you know, uh, and like this season or even last year, when you, when you wait until September 1st or somewhere around there and say, here, FSN, these are the games we think you could buy or, you, or whatever, it's hard for FSN to sell that package to advertisers. So much so that FSN actually lost money last year on Goal for Hockey, and that was the first time they had ever lost money. So, hence the cutbacks this year. Four cameras during the game, cutting back of production. Obviously, the TV situation with, you know, at Duluth and at St. Cloud are, that's contracts with TV and the NCHC. But uh, that's kind of the thing. You know, FSN's going to cut back. You know, if they didn't make money last year, they're certainly going to cut back, and it shows, you know. Uh, there was no, you know, the four cameras last Saturday on that game, and it's going to be the same. There's going to be no pregame, no postgame. It's going to be very minimal. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I can't imagine if if uh, FSN isn't making money on Gopher hockey, you have to start to wonder how much college hockey in general they're going to do then. Because if they can't make it on the Gophers, good luck making it on the rinky-dink teams that don't yeah. have the same following. So um, you kind of have to wonder if, if that does happen, you know, is this going to be a situation where the university needs to find another partner locally, you know, to pick up those games and, you know, what would they do for a broadcast team? I mean, we're all speculating on the what-ifs, but, you know, you might be something that down the road, that's something that they have to think about. And, and really you can't blame FSN. I mean, it, it's not their fault, but, you know, a couple of years ago, they were the big con- TV contract. There was no Big Ten Network, so they they were getting all the great games, the North Dakotas and all that stuff. And so a combination of, you know, the league changing, the television changing, they lost money last year. And, you know, from all of us hearing in the past, that was never a problem, but now it is, so... Do you know what kind of ratings they get? Because I, you know, I follow the team pretty closely, and it's rare that you see go for hockey ratings get released. You know, we used to get a lot more ratings back when Judd Zelgad was doing his uh, what his media beat with the Star Tribune. But ever since he stopped doing that role, we don't get that information anymore. But Didn't back they, back they, then, they, they used to get a full point higher than the Wild, a full point higher than the Timberwolves. But as it is in college, they you know they can't sell the advertising for as much money, so it didn't mean as much. Right. I mean, I knew that they used to outdraw you yes. know a couple of local you know pro teams at least on FSN. So I, you know, which is obviously pretty impressive. But um, you know, I, like I said, I, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe they start going to some. You know, some of the if some of these games don't get on regular TV, they start streaming more things. You know, I, I, well, you're going to see more of the Big Ten Plus or whatever that is, paid service, and all it is is a feed from all they're doing is picking up the feed from the arena. So well, I, I mean, it, it, it's a changing day in, in media. So I mean, we, I guess we're all going to have to get accustomed to uh, you know some things being adjusted over time. 
I I completely agree. I mean, uh, the problem is, you know, I, you know, I I don't like that FSN's not doing the games as much anymore, but they're doing they're in a business sense, they're making the right decision. Um they've been giving been given a bunch of crap games according to, you know, the fans and the TV audience, so they shouldn't be putting a ton of money into it. They should be scaling back. So it's kind of hard to blame them in this instance. Any other thoughts, guys? Nope. I, uh, you know, I think that, uh, like I said, we're just going to have to see what happens and see how the adjustments happen over time. Yes. Hammy, we had a, 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 rec- a recruit commit this past weekend, didn't we? Uh, was yeah, it, was it Brandon McManus? No, 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 no. He's been committed for a okay, while. Okay, not him. I got the wrong guy then. Well, they, well, there's so many guys from Shattuck that uh, <laughs> I guess I don't entirely, I don't entirely blame you for uh, screwing the pooch on that one. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, he's a defenseman, a very good defenseman. Actually, I think he's out of Philly. I think Philly, yeah, yeah. And uh, who is I don't it? Even, is it Josh? Uh, I don't even know how you say the last last name exactly. Is it Manowsko? I don't even know how to say it to be honest. Uh, okay. Um. You know, I've I've only I had heard of him, you know, through the grapevine and everything like that. But frankly, you know, I haven't personally um, watched him much. I know that he's been up here. Um, he was up here for some of the elite league stuff or whatever. But I haven't. I don't have a lot of exposure to his game. So I do know that he's a very highly touted kid for that 1999 uh, age group. Um, he's apparently uh, you know a very physical kid for his for that age uh, you know when you're a 10th grader playing on Shattuck's prep team that's pretty impressive and and so uh to be you know doing that it, you know he's got a definitely got a bright future i know that uh, a lot of good teams were after him so um it's okay. definitely a good catch yeah and then i there was a tweet earlier from kid kid something i don't even know how to say that other thing he says over the boards mentioned tyler inamoto Maybe may a good fit for the U. Is he another Shattuck kid? Another kid? Would you would we be interested in him? Well, you know, I think the thing that I'm actually been more focused on has been, you know, what we're going to be doing defensively because, okay. you know, I mean, we're going to be losing. I think to me that's the thing that I've been keeping the closest eye on is defensively what are we going to be doing moving forward because, I mean, we've landed some guys, but – Next year, you know, we're going to be losing, you know, Riley, Shea, um, you know, Marshall's going to be gone. And, and so we're going to have to, you know, fill in some spots. And we've got some guys lined up, but I don't know entirely, you know, who's going to be coming in immediately, who's not, who's going to need juniors time. And so for me, that's been more what I've been kind of keeping an eye on. We've got a pretty full pipeline as far as, you know, forwards go. Um, yeah. So it, really for me right now, that's been kind of the focus. And, uh, you know, there's some guys out there that we're still kind of waiting on. Uh, Mishmash, who's another Shattuck kid um, who's out of Edina. I mean, that's a kid that people talk about quite a bit around here and around GPL. Um, so we, we've got some of these guys that I think are we're going to be hearing some decisions on, you know, in the, relatively in the, in the near future. There was a recruit there on Friday night with his parents, but I have no idea what these guys look like, so... I couldn't have told you who it was. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of these kids, yeah, I mean, they have so many uh, kids coming in that it's almost as if, 
you know, they have multiple yes. recruits. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like you see that stuff all the time. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, some, of them, some of them you don't even know if they just got tickets, you know, handed to them by the – you know, by the team or whatever to come attend the game or whatever. I mean, that's not uncommon. Well, thing. actually, what you know, Grandpa Tony, he brings him around pregame, has him down on the bench, right, you know, looking right. at pregame, and then Grant brings him down after the game into the locker room, you know, just giving him that whole feeling, whole kind of spiel, I guess. Game well, day sh- spiel. The, the Shattuck kids, were, though, uh, they were actually at uh, the Bemidji series. So well, that's probably who it, it was then. It could have been, yeah, it could have been him and, uh, some of his teammates, so I, I, but I don't know. I don't know exactly who you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know. You could tell they were recruits, but I don't know what they look like. It's not. It's not like the old days when you see these kids at the high school tournament on TV and you know who they are. I just have no clue who these recruit kids are these days. What you don't like carry like you know a scrapbook around with you to like? Not say, oh, lately. I, you just see the Shattuck program guys. <laughs> Just get that prep team program and you'll be Well, set. Hammy, that's kind of what you've been saying, you know, either on GPL or Twitter. You know, that used to be a pipeline for UND, and it's just not the case anymore. It's been pretty much shut down, hasn't it? Well, I think a lot of it is, is the, you know, like I kind of – and we kind of talked about it, I think, on GPL is that, you know, there's that streak of time where it was kind of like every – all these players, they kind of are followers with – you know, when you have yep. like a Parisi come in, you know what I mean? He's like, okay, I'm going to North Dakota. And a lot of the the kids that went through that Shattuck program at that time, they, you know, they looked up to that, to Parisi. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, that, so it was kind of like almost like a snowball effect where it's like all the best players at that time were going to, you know, to UND. And then all of a sudden there was a downtime in Shattuck where they weren't quite as, the, you know, they had good players still and everything, but it weren't maybe necessarily quite as elite as they were back in the Taves, Parisi days. There was a few years where, you know, maybe they weren't quite like that as far as stacked with high, you know, blue chipper recruits. And then it was like you moved into this more recent era and the Gophers really have made some major headway. And it's it's like you get one kid and all of a sudden another one and another one. It's like they all know each other. They all want to play together. And I think it just it's one of those things where – um, I don't know that it's necessarily, oh, they got a pipeline or it's this or that. It's just more about players having connections with each other and they see one guy go that they really admire and they, they want to replicate that. And I just think that that's a lot of what we've seen with uh, Shattuck recently in the Gophers. Probably doesn't hurt that you have guys like Haula, you know, who are, yeah. were successful and now they're in NHL. And, and you know, we saw Oposo and we've seen some of these guys come out of Shattuck in recent years and, um, that have done well for the Gophers and in the future. And now that uh, they've seen a little bit more of that, well, yeah, I think that the Gophers have made a presence there pretty strongly felt. Well, it's definitely a good thing. Yeah. I mean, they've I got a great program. Yeah, you can't argue that. And obviously, uh, former Gopher uh, Troy Ward's kind of running the show there. And yeah. I think a lot of people were kind of wondering for a while, you know, why aren't the Gophers making greater headway? And, you know, at that program because the ex Gophers running the show there and so on and so forth. And well, he was an assistant under Woog, wasn't he? Wasn't Tom Ward an assistant under Woog? Yeah, he had been. I think he, actually he had been there towards the end with of Wooger's time. And I and uh, I mm-hmm. believe, um, you know, they kept Gensel, but he brought him to bring his boy Hill in. So I think, if I remember correctly, obviously that's a long time ago, but I think that. Uh, Hill was sort of uh, Ward's replacement, possibly, if I remember off the top of my head. But Boy, that was a bad choice. 
Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Water out of the bridge, right? Yeah. We're working out now. What's John Hill doing these days? Anybody know? You know, I saw him a couple times at Mariucci, like, the year after, but I haven't heard much I from him since. thought he was scouting for the Rangers in Minnesota, but he may have, may have moved on since then. Okay. Yeah, I think he is. He's definitely um, – he, I know he's been scouting. I, I don't know exactly, you know, what's – he's looking for as far as you know which teams or whatever but uh it's definitely been interesting to when you see him around the rank it's got to feel a little weird to see you know that guy watching his his former team and all that kind of stuff so <laughs> you think <laughs> especially considering all the criticism he got back at that time well so. it, a lot of us thought it was warranted so we'll just leave it at that <laughs> This weekend, guys, a home-and-home with St. Cloud State University. And I must say, St. Cloud, their program's been getting stronger and stronger. Had a a split with Union this past weekend. And I think, you know, after, you know, last year, a lot of people didn't give Union a lot of credit. You know, they lost all their leadership. They had a strong start to the season. You know, beat St. Cloud handily the first night and then lost the second night. So, I think St. Cloud is uh, definitely on the rise, guys. Uh, you know, I don't. I mean, I'll, I'm kind of taking a wait and see okay. attitude with them this year. Obviously, they've had two good seasons the last couple of years, and uh, you certainly can't take that away from them. But they did. They have lost a lot of good players the last couple of years. They still have, you know, some good players like Brzezinski and whatever. So it's not like they're yeah. they don't have anything. But um, they do. Uh, I don't think they're quite as talented on defense and as solid on defense as they've been in recent seasons. And certainly, they don't have the experience and goal that they've had the past few years. But coaching um, it, may have been, been the difference. That could be. And I don't know. Is I know I read online, is uh, Lindgren going to be out for the series? Or is, uh, has that been decided yet? I know that uh, there was some talk that he was going to be potentially out of the series for. That I don't know. Up. So, if I mean, he is. I mean, he's technically their best um, goalie, but whether the, you know he's not very proven either. So um, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But I mean, I, it'll be interesting. I, I'm not really sure what to expect entirely from St. Cloud. Um, I don't think they're a bad team, and I do think the the Union stuff is a little overrated because I don't think that Union is quite that. You know, I return defending champs get that, but let's be honest, it's a totally different team. It's not like they returned all the same guys. They lost a lot of talent. Um, so results against Union, I tend to be in ranking for them. I think that's a little bit more based on what happened last year than what's going on right now. Okay. Well, Viggs, you know, it's going to be a home-and-home series this year and next year. You know, Lucia got to it, got with the coaches, you know, at St. Cloud and at Duluth and said, hey, instead of us coming there and you or you coming here for the year, let's do home-and-homes the next two years. So they're going to do that. I don't mind it for St. Cloud. Duluth, I'm not as happy about. But St. Cloud, heading up there Friday night, Viggs? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to be home <laughs> with my uh, my daughter, who's who's almost six weeks now. So not, I, I've seen you up there with Blue home. Liner quite a few times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good trip to go up there. But, uh, you know, with the, the new new baby girl, it's going to be a little bit tougher for a while to get up there. But uh, Well, give us you your know, initial I, thoughts on this series. I I don't I don't love the home and home series, but um, I, I look forward to the matchup. Um, I kind of agree with Hammy. Um, St. Cloud and, and Union aren't the teams that they were last year. I mean, St. Cloud kind of had one of those teams where they got 
um, Dowd and, and Gravel and to stick around that extra senior year when they had other opportunities, you know, and they were thinking that was the year to do it. And now those guys have moved on um, and they don't quite have that elite talent um, at the top of their roster anymore. Um, so I think, you know, special teams are going to be the difference. Um, I, I know in the game that they lost to Union, uh, St. Cloud had an awful special teams night. They, they yanked their goalie early. And then uh, Saturday, uh, you know, they were better on special teams and their goalie played okay. And, you know, they got the win. So I, I think special teams are going to be huge this weekend. And, and the Gophers look great. I mean, that first veteran group with Ralph, Fashing, Boyd, uh, Riley, and whether it's uh, Camerata or Connor Riley working that off wing, you know, they look good over there. So should be exciting hockey. I know St. Cloud likes to play offense just like Minnesota, so it should be fun. I love racehorse hockey, so I will enjoy it thoroughly. Um, one thing that's going to be good, though, is that these young players will at least get into a hostile environment. Yeah, it would be kind of strange for these guys. You know, they've kind of had a weird season playing those uh, empty arena games in uh, South Bend. And, and last weekend, you know, Bemidji's uh, an in-state rival, but it's not exactly heated like it will be when they, they turn out the lights at St. Cloud. Definitely. So what do you guys think? I, you know, I personally think it's going to be a split. I, I just, you know, I'm just not – it's early in the season. It's hard for me to jump on the bandwagon completely yet, but uh, – Hammy, split, sweep, what do you think here? Well, I mean, I think the split is probably the safe call simply because it's a home-and-home. Home. I, I I do think, um, you know, the Gophers are going to have the advantage. I think they're, def- they're the better team overall. I mean, I think better goaltending, I think better defense, certainly I think deeper scoring group of forwards. Um, I, I think they're going to have an advantage on the specialty team. So, I mean, I... In pretty much every way, I think that they are the better team, but you can't ignore what the home crowd means to exactly. a team, especially when you're, you know, when St. Cloud, I mean, they see the Gophers as their number one rival. So, I mean, obviously they're, they're going to be jacked up for that. So you have to bring your A game, and certainly the guys are going to have to be ready, and hopefully um, they'll be ramped up to play in front of a, I mean, I'm assuming it'll be a rowdy crowd. It's been kind of spotty at St. Cloud uh, compared to the past. It's been a little up and down, I think, as far as, the rowdiness factor in recent years. So we'll see if that's what they provide. But um, I would, I, I might actually say three points go for, I mean, I know we don't get points, yep, but I, mean, I, I get you it. Know, winning a tie, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that kind of result. What's your gut telling you, Viggs? I, I don't see anything but a sweep happening. Nice. Um, I, I think Minnesota's got the experience and talent to, to overcome even a bad start on Friday night. Um, my only worry for the weekend is kind of that weird 4 o'clock game on Saturday. You know, it's kind of a weird turnaround. I think it's due to the Viking game. They're they're trying to get stuff cleaned up that night or something. So that's kind of a weird deal. That is weird. Um, yeah, it's weird. But uh, I think one thing to look for this weekend, uh, Lucia had mentioned he's been working some of the um, lower line guys into his penalty kill and that that's kind of been one of the issues is those guys haven't been experienced. So it'll be interesting to see if, if guys like um, Michelson and uh, Isaacson and Letary kind of get opportunities to kill penalties again this weekend or not. All righty then, guys. Just don't be so damn cute with the puck, especially in a defensive. That's where they get themselves into trouble, I think, is when they're 
doing too much of that cute, you know, let's pass the puck off the boards, let's do this, let's just, you know, make the the smart play to me is what I want to see. I, I agree with that, but one thing I think is whenever it comes to a game at St. Cloud, you really need to survive that first 10 minutes, first period. Well, that, that's what that I'm is saying, really key. So, no, don't be dinking with the puck. Get it on net. Low, get some rebounds. Play dirty hockey if you have to because – if you get through that first period, either ahead or tied, you're 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 going to have a good game. Well, that's why I'm saying the, the the turnovers because you're trying to be too cute with the puck, and especially in your own zone, um, those are the ones that kill you on the road because it just gives the other team that kind of momentum and, and gives them the four check opportunities, gets the crowd involved, you know. And so that that to me is what they need to kind of avoid is just making sure that they. Uh, don't do anything stupid with the puck. You know, if they can take care of the puck well, especially in St. Cloud, I feel pretty confident about their chances. All right, then, boys, I think we're good to go for this week. You Sounds can, good. You, you, can go out have, you can go out and have your birthday drink now. Nah, I'm kind of saving the naughtiness for the ah. Halloween weekend, you know, when the ladies are basically wearing next to nothing because they're allowed to. So, Just one really, tip, really one really tip for you, though, for Hammy. Up. I have one tip for you, Hammy. Tw- don't tweet pictures to me. Send it to my phone instead. <laughs> oh, oh, did I get you in trouble? You didn't get me in trouble. It's just uh, some other people do see the the Twitter account, like you tweeted last Friday night. <laughs> oh, because oh, I tweeted you that one girl's picture, right? Is that the one? Correct. When I was out on a date. Okay. Well, that was. <laughs> That wasn't R rated or X rated, so it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, but give it time; you never know. <laughs> That's gonna do it for us for this week. You know, we'll be back next week. Recap this series of St. Cloud and uh, preview the non-conference, another non-conference game with Notre Dame coming into town. Remember, you can follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter and Vigo at Evigo. We'll be back next week. Thanks for tuning in.